1: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right, you're on. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers.
0: Dum 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 Can you do it?
1: Dum de him. dum him. dum 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 Do it. Dum 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 dum
2: this is Dumpty Dum, <laughs> This show about the reality drummer that are centred an Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the beautifully quaffered hairpiece that is... I should wish, bloody bald as a coot, me. Hairpiece that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the tatty wig, who is...
3: Kerry Warbis,
2: And we are joined by the side parting dupe that goes by the name of... Peter Fickling. And the last part of this week's blue tablet, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum comes from Ali's son, Jelly P who's aged five. Now, I don't know about you, but mm. I don't know what melody mum was trying to teach to son there. <laughs> but but it was, you know, it was a dum-de-dum of sorts, but it wasn't, strictly speaking, following the melody of Barwick Green, Now was it? It wasn't, but I don't care. It was great. I loved it. It was very endearing. So keep it up, Ali and son. You'll be joining us again next week. But after next week, Kerry, uh, we Mm -hmm. need new fresh dumpty-dums. So hmm. Um, if somebody would like to help us out, how can that be done?
3: (laughs) If you would like to sing us a dumpty-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105. Leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send a text message starting with dumb 077-862-00690. to 077-862-00690.
2: Now, folks, we've got some breaking dumpty dum news. There's going to be a dumpty dum live on Sunday, the twenty seventh of September at two p.m. at King's Place. So that's in London, which is ninety York Way. So it's just up from, um, from King's Cross. And joining us will be Sonny Ormond, Doctor Cara Courage, Doctor Nicola Headlam of the Academic Archers, and. Pete Fickling and the wonderful Auntie Kerry Warburton. Now, tickets can be bought at www.kingsplace.co.uk. You don't need the three Ws, just kingsplace.co.uk. They go on sale uh, like today. So go get them. Now, again, uh, it's going to be basically dum-de-dum, doing a bit of a mashup with the academic archers and uh pete has said that he's going to come with his boxing gloves on now i don't know why now pete um (laughs) what is it what is the beef that you have with the our good friends at the academic archers
4: oh this is outrageous this is a (laughs) massive stitch up It's more of a reflection of my grotesque insecurities and perhaps my kind of piglety insecurities. And, and you know, I, I, and I, I look forward to um, having them broken down and being lifted up on the, the thermals of their giant intellects. Sorry. Uh, I mean, you know, that's all I can say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Folks, Pete has no beef at all. With the uh, with uh, the academic archers, it's going to be got fun
3: with you now.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, great way to start the show. Please, please, folks, uh, come and join us now. I know the elephant in the room is: is it safe? Oh my goodness, what's going on now? The good people down at King's Place told us that they reduced the capacity uh, of the room from three hundred down to one, so it's two thirds going to be empty for social distancing, etc. And this is the London Podcast Festival. Um, they did ask us to come along and do this in May, then of course it was cancelled. Now, um, if you bought a ticket in May, uh, your ticket is still valid for this. But if there's any questions, please don't email us. Just go straight to King's Place and they will set you all straight and stuff. It's the 27th, Sunday the 27th of September, 2 pm. You get an hour and a half of Dumby Dum in your face with Sunny. Who's our new best friend of the show, the uh, Doctor Cara and Doctor Nicola Headlam of the Academic Archers, Auntie Kerry Warburton, and miserable Pete Fickling, and, <laughs> and myself. You know, we'll all be there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be like a podcast, but with visuals in front of you.
3: So we'd like to say thanks, as ever, to our new social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices. And to Lucy V. Freeman.
2: Oh, smashing on this week's episode, we hear views from Jen from Southampton, Ambridge Pony Club, and from Jack. Jack is back, but first, it's our (laughs) burning issue of the week. This week's hot topic is the monologue. Will we miss them when they're gone? Mm. Now, uh, which one of you pair nominated this as a potential topic to talk about?
3: It was our lovely was Peter, who's not miserable at
2: all. <laughs> uh, Ficklin, uh, the floor is yours then, sir. We all agreed
4: that, um, you know, on WhatsApp, that this week's been an absolute cracker. So, you know, and maybe it is after uh, sort of crawling... Uh,
2: did we all agree that?
4: Uh, well... The people that mattered agreed. So Kerry and I were in total <laughs> agreement. It was an absolute cracker, and um and yeah. After crawling through the desert, that has been you know some of the early to mid monologues, I feel they sort of broke into a sort of a sort of a, a bigger and more kind of um confident stride. And then now, obviously, they're gently sort of reintroducing using the magic technologies and actually in person sort of recordings, um some of the the dialogues. You can see how if we completely lost the monologues, it would be. To the detriment of the, the the show in general, yeah. I and I just thought it was worth discussing whether we, whether we do want to retain them because one of the real benefits, and I know we have talked about this before, is you do start to get that sort of sense of the inner character where they're truly sitting. It's not just kind of in, it's not just interpreted. You get it delivered straight to you.
3: Yeah, I agree completely because of having dialogue, conversation, and the inner thoughts has really, really worked this this week in particular. I was listening to an agatha christie series today on radio four and they were doing it in that as well and it added another dimension to the character you know you could hear her having a conversation and it was almost overlapping in that where her thoughts were being heard by us the audience while she was talking to another person um so i do think we would benefit from leaving a bit of monologue in. I mean, I never thought I would say this, <laughs> but but here I am.
2: Doesn't this then edit us out as the listeners in terms of us using our imagination to try and interpret a scene, to interpret a character's motivation?
4: Royfield, you mentioned a couple of times about um, the famous Dot Cotton episode in EastEnders and um you know how that was a sort of a, a seminal and sort of um you know um the epoch defining if that's not too grand a way of putting it part of the the, the east enders kind of folklore and i think that's the same thing you'd, you'd want to use it sparingly it would be a useful device for you know very sort of uh, so for instance um, charlie um, charlie in the culvert and that would have been a great opportunity to hear what, you know, his desperation, him scared. Is he going to be found? His thoughts, um, losing Adam, you know, um, all of those kind of terrible things racing through his mind at that moment. Maybe that would have been a, a good opportunity to use a, a monologue, not just for yep. Susan sort of standing behind the counter, wondering how many bar, bars of chocolate she's going to sell.
3: And and sort of Russ, I would have liked to have heard some of his um, inner thoughts whilst he was being a twat.
2: <laughs> mm. I, I, yeah. I, I disagree with the pair of you on this. I, I really want them dispensed with. Um, when all of the actors are back at the mailbox, which is kind of now, but we mm. just don't have access to those shows yet. I, I find I, whilst I found last week to be the best week of the monologues, it for me it was the best weeks of the monologues because there weren't that many monologues in it. You know, but for me, there is a pacing change. There is uh, an intellectual gear change that has to happen, which I actually find uncomfortable. I, I, I hesitate to say this, that I'd rather it just be pure monologues, which I don't like, or just pure, regular drama.
3: But, Royfield, what about Linda and her thoughts this yeah. week?
4: And Come on, you know. Yeah, it was. It was so much more powerful to hear Robert and Linda battling um, yeah. with their with their problems. You know, you're given a glimpse into their fears. You're given a glimpse into their sort of concerns for each other, and then you also see how it plays out. And it kind of it how, sort of shows the we,
2: How did we before understand conflict, worry, anxiety between characters? Before we did it yep. through dialogue.
3: They're all understood before, but this this is a slightly different element. It's not going to sort of fill in every single gap and crevice and we'll never have to even think for a moment whilst we're listening. It just gives a, a slightly different added dimension, I think.
2: Whilst in part I concede that listening to Linda talk about wanting to feel whole again and part of a self being physically whole again mm-hmm. is that her husband still finds her attractive and desirable and wants to touch her, wants to make love to her. And yes, I found that moving, but for me that was moving because of the subject matter as opposed to the, the delivery mechanism of the message. And we all have sympathy for Linda, the character, let alone what she's gone through, and then the fact that Robert is is trying to be careful. And then we discover that potentially has performance issues, but putting that to one side.
4: I, I'm not saying, I mean, I actually thought of the topic of the week li- on one of my multiple listens when it was, it was Ed's part of it, because I really enjoyed, I was actually in the car to go and pick up my wife. And mm. I was, um, so I had a chance to listen to, you know, listen, all, listen to them all in a row uninterrupted. And it was actually when, it was actually when Ed was thinking about whether he should be the guardian angel or not. And, uh, and I was, and I was really appreciating mm. that, that sort of, uh, inside track on how he felt about dealing with Alice. Um.
3: Because otherwise, you would have just had a conversation with Emma about what to do, and that would have been just a bit more predictable, and, wouldn't it?
4: And infected by all of um, Emma's prejudices, which there was yeah. referred to in all of the, the the chat. Let's call it a chat. The chat with with Alice, you know. And you you heard Ed reconciling with who he could talk to about it. I might be getting some of this slightly wrong, but basically, how am I going to deal with this? Can I talk to Emma about it? Mm-hmm. No, I can't talk to Brian. Chris won't thank me for it. You know. You know, so I'll you just... know
2: what it is. You know what it is for me. It's mm. on the nose. He said, oh, well, there was that time. Well, you know, I went off the rails. You wouldn't have had that thought in that way internally. However, the way that the archer has done this before in the past, he would have maybe gone to his mum, Clary, and says, Mum, I think Alice is drinking. And then Clary would have said, don't be quick to judge. Remember the time when you went off the rails, etc.'" For it was for me, it's too on the nose. And this is the reason why I've struggled really with the monologues, is because mm. it's not allowing us to colour in and to paint the most vivid picture and there is no room for interpretation. And for me, I just found that so disconcerting.
4: I think you're being quite sort of fundamentalist, Royfield, if that's not too strong a word. You know, maybe Kerry and I are being kind of like Bernie Sanders. Um, and you know, sorry, maybe we're like sort of Barack Obama in the middle, and then Bernie Sanders is off to one end. You're being a bit Mike Pence about the whole thing. What I mean, we're not sort of, um, you know, we're, we're you know, we're not we're not sort of. I don't I don't think it's I don't think any of us are kind of yearning for the monologues to stick around, sort of you know, in the current format, but just to be there as a useful tool, just to mm. sort of for certain for certain scenes, just to keep it around as as, as yeah, as I said, a tool, something to be deployed when necessary we need a narrator. And they go, and now inside David's head. And then we go into well, David's head, and then we go, and now we're out of David's head. And then we Jethro go so, to, to bridge that. Yeah. That,
2: the bridge the, farm. The omnibuses <laughs> used to start with that up until the 80s. The early yeah. 80s. There was a narrator. Well, but uh, it's yeah. never a new thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've chewed up a lot of airtime on this because i fundamentally disagree w- with the premise but i'm prepared to be outvoted this is a democracy so yeah. uh, why don't you pair have one last go to convince me that monologues would be a great addition to the arsenal that the uh, writers can use going forward
4: can use my time to just admit that I was so excited about the fact I was going to call Royfield Mike Pence I got a bit confused and went all over the place um, <laughs> I knew where I was going I knew I was going to call Royfield Mike Pence and I knew it would absolutely so I'm rock an, his an impotent
2: sidekick to a to who, an orange who, who buffoon who you, uh,
4: <laughs> but there's no need to talk about Kerry like that my god that's absolutely outrageous
3: uh, oh Christ yeah I think your premise was a bit skewed Royfield you know you you'd, you've misunderstood it's just, like um peter was saying it's just a useful tool to be used now and again not to be how it was in this week's episodes.
2: Mm, right and, and on that note I I I, <laughs> I I I defer to the pair of you i respectfully disagree but i'll go whatevs right okay. because um mm-hmm. the writers will do what the writers going to do and uh we'll have a bit of this
3: Hello, Average 3962.
2: Back. He's returned. It's our Jack.
5: Hello to the Dumpty Dum community. It's Jack here. Thank you and well done to Sonny Allman for coming on the show. It's great to have such dedication from uh, an actor from The Archers and um, the way that lots of the actors and Sonny Allman are supporting Dumpty Dum. Um, it's great that the programme gets such great support. I thoroughly enjoyed and thought it was very clever the plot diversion or direction change the other week when we thought that uh, Fallon was going to have to let Emma go and Emma, at the last minute, managed to persuade Fallon to try something new. It's very clever of the scriptwriters. I really like it when they are able to do that. The Flower and Produce show on YouTube, I haven't managed to listen to it yet. I haven't got the facilities to actually join in with it live, but that's such a great idea. And if we can have more participation from people with dump, from on Dumpty Dum to come up with ideas of having virtual shows and uh, almost copy some of the things that they do on The arches, that would be great um, in real life or virtually for that matter. Um, it seems to be that, um, the plot lines are livening up as there seems to be a bit more activity on the email list that I'm on. Um, it'd be great if we could just have a little bit more dialogue than, we, than we're we getting, although I'm grateful for what we've got already, but a little bit more dialogue would be great. Well, that's about it for now, and speak to you all soon. Goodbye for now.
3: Jack is back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sunny was brilliant, wasn't she, last week? Loved loved her being on. And and it is it is so nice that she does give time to our silly old podcast. And she was on the Flower and Produce briefly, wasn't she?
2: She was. She was.
3: Uh yeah, and he enjoyed Emma's um little the twist of fate with Emma coming up with her orchard idea at the last yes. moment. So saving her yeah.
4: job. I was grateful not to be on last week's show because I was absolutely incandescent with rage. Listening <laughs> to the art just the week before, I was so angry with how Emma was getting treated and listening to Natasha do her kind of a, inner a monologue about, you know, like all her genius ideas, you know. And we can convert the whole thing into like a Royal Albert Hall and then there'll be, you know, <laughs> lunar landings on the back port. And it was just, oh, it was unbearable. <laughs> uh, apologies to anyone with any Welsh heritage, <laughs> by the way.
3: <laughs> she she was actually evil last last week, wasn't she? The week awful, before last. awful yeah. Natasha yeah and then sort of went oh my my intuition is is just so off i just don't get it yeah
4: and it still hasn't i mean that In- hasn't all played out yet has it so i my my no. suspicion was was that natasha's uh instinct to oversell it was actually going to scupper the whole thing but then you got a bit of a information from ed didn't you saying oh you know emma's happy she's kept the job which suggests it all went fine
3: mm-hmm. um and uh our jack mentioned the flower and produce show, which he hasn't yet accessed. But it, it has been really good fun. I, I was watching it this afternoon.
4: I need to watch it. So, what, yeah. Royfield, what are your credentials to
2: judge uh, vegetables and,
4: and also <laughs> what are your criteria?
2: Well, um, my my credentials stretch to 51 years of ever-eaten vegetables and the fact right. that, exactly. you know, <laughs> they're, they're not strangers to me, Peter. Um, okay. And generally, I have a perception as to what they should look like. So, if they come bigger or more misshapen than what I'm expecting, I go, oh, that is something to note. Those are my vegetable credentials. Do you need any more than that, sir?
4: No, no, that that, that answers my question. Thank you.
2: But (laughs) I think where I really came into my own, actually, was uh, Mm. with the more creative categories. (laughs) So I did paper plates and yes, I did go to art school. So um, I did ask for paper plates. And um, I think I nailed it in terms of picking the winner. You
3: did. Yeah. People will have to tune in to find out. Go to YouTube, look up Dumpty Dum, Flower and Produce. There it is. It's, it's kind of a beautiful, chaotic shambles, isn't it?
4: And did you? Um, <laughs> I, I didn't get the full information, but I understand you were in costume, Royfield. So were you in, costume. Art, art,
2: costume, were you in art costume? You mean I put on my best jacket and shirt?
4: Well, I, I suddenly thought you might be in full sort of dress like Lamal. Um, and it's like, you know, back in your arts, uh, art school days. <laughs> That's a That's deep right
2: cut for our younger listeners, Lamal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Peter? I'm too shy, shy, hush, hush, oh, eye to good. eye yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to, to continue uh, with this line of thinking and it was great to have so many people on zoom and also on on the facebook and on, on the youtubes uh watching that and i think it's something we should be done on an annual basis uh to uh, so i concur with you jack we sh- we should do it again however i'm not so sure about transposing everything from Ambridge onto onto the Zooms because I've got no business with the with the Panto. Anybody that wants to do uh-huh. a Panto and then to put that on and have people watch it, count me out on every level. i just like, you know, that's a bridge too far for me.
4: I can imagine Kerry and I having a lot of fun doing the Panto.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, can't. Nothing's, oh. Just oh, me then, all yes, right, fair please enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> Peter, I think you're on your own with this one, mate. I'm um, fine. Done. One man show. A monologue. <laughs> <laughs> to
4: some, I'm going to have to be behind myself.
2: Hey, yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I tell you what, this person massively helped out doing the Ambridge Flower and Produce Show. It's Ambridge Pony Club.
6: Greetings, Royfield and everybody at Dumpty Dum. Just calling in to say a big thank you to everybody who entered the... Flour and produce show the entries were absolutely fantastic you're such a talented bunch um, and you gave so much fun and so many smiles to so many people i think in the current times when we're all having it so hard it's lovely to be able to consider something as silly as an online cooking show and worry about your jam and your marmalade and your chutney royfield quentin and the gang did such a great job covering it made it really fun and exciting for everybody and thank you so much to the organizers especially lucy for getting this thing going Here's hoping that we'll all be doing it in person, live, at a village hall next year. That would be absolutely lovely. Also calling in, I was chatting to Royfield earlier, and he was saying he couldn't remember why the Grundies had gone bust. What happened was their herd got a disease called bovine viral diarrhoea. It is one of those things where if they were the mega dairy, they might want to eliminate it from their herd, purchase expensive vaccines, and really go for high productivity by getting rid of the disease. However, in a low quality, low productive herd like Eddie's, the more cost effective strategy would have been just to let it run through the herd and do the Boris Johnson herd immunity approach, which has the advantage of being free. I've never really forgiven Alistair for conning them into buying the expensive vaccine off him, and I hold him directly responsible for the bankruptcy of the Grundys. Another time when I've got more time on Speakpipe, I will call in to give a full analysis of why both analysis. Alistair and Anisha are completely incompetent vets. So thank you again to everybody involved in the flower and produced, and best wishes to all out there in the Dumpty Dum world. Stay
3: safe. Yay. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yes, yeah, so would I. Um, Royfield, I,
4: I, I know you like to kick me off a, every, a show every now and again, but I, please can I be involved in that one? I would absolutely love to hear some uh, the, some proper professional you know, inside knowledge.
2: It's got to be said. I, I was stunned, stunned I was yesterday. Jen is a big-time fan of the show. She wrote a lot of the links which we actually used for the Flower and Produce show, and Jen didn't deliberately write them as such. She just says, Royfield, here are the awards and stuff. Here's some information on the people who've entered, et cetera. And then I lifted that and put that into the script. So really to thank her for the fact that i i spent I on the best part of friday trying to put the whole thing together i said look we really should just have a natter so after me saying oh you know doffing my cap and saying thank you thank you thank you uh, and then um i'd completely forgotten that jen was actually a vet i knew she had something to do with horses and she just let rip on alistair lloyd she said he's mm-hmm. crap She's and I said, "I beg your pardon." She said, "He's a terrible vet, Royfield." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I beg your pardon." She said, and she just just let him have it with both barrels. And I said, "You're gonna have to corner in or that in, you know, <laughs> you know." She's saying tweet, she, she, she tweets yes.
3: about it. She's she's an excellent tweeter. If you don't follow her already on Twitter, oh, uh, she's, can she's you brilliant. can you
4: do a can you do a kind of a a, a fresh tweet after the show, um, Kerry, when you're in yeah, your, yeah. when you're being to your book club in the cab.
3: Yes, I will. No, she, she's wonderful. Um, but wh- but again, you think why haven't they checked everything out with some advisor or other, or get her in to advise them?
4: And also, Jacob, I want to know what does she think about Jacob? Does he pass yeah. muster? I imagine he does.
2: Well, I tell you, the one thing she did confirm is when. Do you remember when Jacob came, uh, and he was? Oh yes. <laughs> it's such, Good it's heavens. Was
3: that during the online yoga?
2: Kerry, yeah. right? When Jacob came into the show, um, Alistair wasn't aware of him at all. One thing that Jen said, she says, being a vet is such a small network, there's mm. a small community. He said, there's absolutely no way that somebody who's working in the same county who's a vet, right, that yeah. Alistair wouldn't have known him very well or at least by reputation so it was impossible she said it's such a small industry mm. you know so that just didn't ring true at all so in in terms of that um yes they need more veterinary kind of like consultants or whatever however yeah. I, I i quite like the idea of alistair actually not being that good and actually being responsible for the Grundys going bankrupt but other vets kind of thinking that. I think that's yeah. actually quite a great little storyline, mm-hmm. you know.
4: Kerry, Kerry and I were talking on the phone last week and the Simpsons again, was on in the...
2: Again, <laughs> Again. Yes. Kerry and I talk do you, do you, quite okay. d- a lot. Okay. Do you know the <laughs> pair of you, do you do actually know that if you go onto WhatsApp, right, you can do group calls. You can include a third person onto your calls.
3: We did it once. <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> there's your feedback, Royfield. I did it once. Uh,
2: Royfield, communicating with you, it's like, it's like communicating with a
4: wishing well. It's Pair just you throw it. things into you know it and I nothing actually, comes
2: back. Do you know I yes. actually have control of the buttons on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I invite you on and you just kick me around, treat me like a rag doll, and just exclude oh, me from all of the fun. We don't exclude
6: you. Yeah, you
3: We'd
2: love do. you to reply
3: to some of our messages. <laughs>
4: Are we still doing it this week? Is it we still at 4.30? Silence
3: for 10 days.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Kerry and I were communicating um, <laughs> on a WhatsApp call, a, a one-to-one WhatsApp call, <laughs> and there was um, the Simpsons on in the background. And I, uh, mm. I was saying about how I, I was shocked to find out that Homer had bo because I always projected my kindest and most kind of pleasant thoughts onto him, so I couldn't believe it. And I think it's the same thing, isn't it? I like mm. Alistair. I'm I sensing mm. now. I'm already picking up the fact that Kerry probably doesn't. But I, no, I, no, um, I do. oh, you, oh, good. I think so, yeah, because so... I
3: feel sorry for him because he's with bloody Sh- or was with. I oh right, carry
4: yes. on, carry on. Yeah. No, that, that, that's it. I just project the, the characters I like. I can't imagine them being incompetent. I don't want to think they have body odor. They only get my, yeah. my best possible thoughts. So, yes, I always assumed he was good at his job. But now you mention it, it does make sense why he went, why, you know, everyone treats him like he's an idiot and kind of like David's always kind of tutting at
2: him and is constantly kind of grumpy with him. Mm. Well, uh, anyway, uh, do, do you want my opinion? Yes, please.
3: Of course, yes, <laughs> please.
2: <laughs> Just on the on the Homer having BO thing, right? Why would that be a shock? He's he's a basically a bit of a, a slob, <laughs> Yeah, it's <they're laughs> slo- like, of course he would.
4: Well, we're we're back to we're back to the um the microphones, hearing the, you know hearing the distance from the microphone, um Kerry seeing spotting details that I miss. You know, I'm too busy loving the characters and sort of like throwing all this, you know. Positivity at them. I don't, you know, I don't have that kind of a uh, um, level of scrutiny that you two do.
5: Well, uh,
2: just
0: as
2: a an aside because i'd only get to the end of the show and not mention that uh chadwick boseman passed and so many people um say that um he had touched them you know his portrayal of not only black panther but also jackie robinson and then also james brown had actually touched them personally and uh being being a black chap and uh, watching black panther i did watch it four times in the cinema three times four times and to be in oakland which is where the director came from but also where the original black panther party came from which just so happened to have the same name as a superhero uh, and to watch it on the night that that film premiered was just a magical experience an yeah. experience which i'll never ever forget where did you watch it pete
4: I haven't seen it um, I it's it's on the list of movies that I'm slightly intimidated by because of its reputation um, and you know I, it takes me a long run up to watch those movies um, but I was living in Oakland I think when it came out and I remember some of my black friends I remember them absolutely buzzing after seeing Black Panther and just what it meant to them and how excited they were and how going to see that movie and just having having the experience that white people have had for generations of just seeing yourself represented up there in a hundred percent positive way must have been incredibly powerful I, you know anyway more, mm. more power to him
2: first off the opening shot just says oakland and the whole cinema just erupted utterly erupted and even now when i remember it, it, was, it was, the goosebumps come up on me everybody just went oh, like this because we were in oakland and it is it has this incredibly proud black positive and radical history does oakland home of the original black panthers yeah, absolutely just to be there for that was magical but to see um, somebody portray and it's it sounds somewhat trite to say this is so true nobility and uh, and grace but just and a whole range of kind of like characters uh you know w- w- was utterly wonderful this guy just came up to me and he just walked up to me, tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around and he says, are you pumped for this film? And I went, yeah. And he went, I'm pumped too. Like, like, and we went for the six o'clock showing, Jennifer and I, and the queues were just like humongous. And all the school kids from poor neighbourhoods that had charities pay for them to be bussed into watches and buy their tickets, money. So many people gave money specifically for... Uh, organizations to take kids to see a proud black nation with a proud black leader and it really was like a little bit of a moment in time but it can't be forgotten how brilliant his portrayal was of other black heroes, you know, Jackie Robinson, you know, James Brown somewhat more problematic and stuff but in terms of his acting chops utterly amazing and then when you think He did half, if not three quarters of his cinematic output with having stage three and stage four cancer and nobody knew. And my history with with the character uh, T'Challa and Black Panther goes all the way back to me being about four or five. I loved the Avengers as as a kid and Black Panther always was different. Not only was he black, but he he was a bit stoic and i love the portrayal of him and because of black panther and he'd been the first black superhero that i could actually remember i kind of little five six year old me came up with captain jamaica as a, as a superhero and i remember drawing him out in the back of greasy chip packets and stuff and uh and it's no word of an exaggeration to say but it was my first inkling of black consciousness as a little kid five or six because it's like oh of course all superheroes are white they just are and then when I read when I picked up my Avengers comic and there's Black Panther I went oh (laughs) I can be a superhero too that is just so powerful him the, the character of Black Panther and at the time Muhammad Ali did so much for little kids like me for us to realize that yes we had a place in the world too so the fact that such a great actor played him with such grace such poise whilst being while having terminal cancer just adds so much to the whole mythos uh, of the whole character so Chadwick boseman thank you for a, a portrayal of a, a character which means a lot to me but not only to me but to lots of people black white and whatever colored are throughout the world rest in peace sir
1: you bomb back! You bomb back! You bomb back! You bomb back! We bomb back! You bomb back! You on back! we bomb back! You bomb
2: back! You <laughs> <Wakanda forever. laughs> uh, uh, we have Jen from Southampton.
0: Hi, lovely Royfield, esteemed Kerry co-host. Positive Beta and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Jenny from Southampton. I've texted in a few times now, but this is my first time caller in a ring. I've been summoning the courage for a while, so please be kind. I feel pretty bad not having texted in for a couple of weeks after listening to last week's Dumpty Dum, so perhaps this was a bad time to switch to caller in a ring. (laughs) It's Thursday now, so maybe I'll send a quick text after today's episode, just in case you need one feel free to chuck it if you're inundated. A little bit about me. I'm a PhD student struggling to finish my thesis at the moment. And I'm also an English tutor and freelance pyrography artist. I gave my Arches vintage in my first text, but I'll do a very quick recap. I've been listening for eight years. I think that makes me a Johnny. And my favourite characters are Linda and Lillian. So this week was a real treat for me. I found myself feeling quite envious during Tuesday's episode. I really wanted in on that wine and wig sesh. And there's been a bit of a friendship theme to this week, with Ed being the one to notice Alice's drinking and deciding to quietly watch out for her rather than just being selfishly outraged by her behaviour. I'm not saying that Alice's behaviour is okay, by the way, but girl does need help. Anyway, thanks for listening to my ramblings. Hope it was okay for a first try. Thanks for Dumpty Dum.
3: Bye for now. Jen, it was better than all right. It was bloody lovely, wasn't it? Um, yeah, if I had a voice like no, that, I'd never no, shut apologize. up. <laughs> lovely Royfield and esteemed Kerry will always get you a curry favour here. Um, the Linda and Lillian chat was really excellent, I thought. Did you? I thought yes. I found it very, very natural, really sort of... I, I know some people on the Twitters have, have said... Um, would Linda have gone that far into her personal detail to Lillian? Um, I think it's.
4: I mean, Kerry did, did, did. You know, Linda, as we as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, Linda hasn't had kids, but I think when you have some, you know, when, one of the things I've noticed with Charlotte, my wife, is that you know having having a uh, having a kid sort of makes your body public. Um, you know, and mm. Linda's been sort of, you know, out on it on a gurney. She's been sort of, uh, people have been poking around with her. To, to, she's nearly lost her life. I think any 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 of those kind of normal attitudes would have been you know put through you know run through the mill and challenged and her whole her whole perspective would have been uh, changed so Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it means that anything can happen but I think you I think you have to you have to go with the flow when it comes to someone recovering from something like that and what I mean is you know childbirth uh, you you know you've had kids is that something that rings true to you
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, uh, I think Lillian is someone who naturally, um, you know, she chats, she's really easy to talk to. I think she will have drawn that comfortably out of Linda too. And, yeah, I, and I think Lillian, it will have been a real relief for Linda to be able to speak with someone about what she was feeling.
4: And she also she also prefaced it. She said, "I need to talk to someone about this." And then, the, yeah. and it was just a question of who. And then, obviously, it's going to be Lillian, the friend who sat by mm-hmm. her side for days and days and days. Was her was was a proxy for Robert so that he could go and you know change his shirt and wash. Um, so you know, Lillian would be surely the only person who who could um, yeah. who could do it, and of the same age. Um mm-hmm. good stack of black uh, blue pills, you know.
3: And she's super right. honest, I think. She she yeah. <laughs> she said something along the lines of well uh, when Lillian was like, Oh well people would say that, wouldn't they? Um yeah. Lillian said, Well, you know me, I'm not kind.
4: I thought yes. that was br- a yeah. brilliant
3: line. It, it was just, it was
4: it was very, yeah. very well written and very, very well acted as well. Yeah. Um the whole th- I really enjoyed the whole thing. Royfield, I'm quite naive. What what were those blue pills they were referring to? <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't know it's something that gives you super strength superpowers and, yeah there you go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm still on the black panther tip so yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what they do peter okay, i mean on that topic
3: i did i did love last week's episodes but i did think the last bit really just accelerated
2: oh. wildly
3: it was so unnecessary you know, what, yeah, it was a shame. It really was. It was like great, great, great. And then there was the phone conversation between Lillian and Robert where he was saying, you know, I don't want to hurt her and what if I can't perform? And she went, I've got just the thing. Next thing, Linda going, what have I done? It all went wrong. Viagra. Uh. It's like, oh no. It jumped far, far too quickly. Mm. Couldn't Linda's agree many,
4: more. She's, she's many, many things, but she's not that naive that she wouldn't understand that a man of a certain age might you know Mm. need need a little
2: peter but it
4: was at the
3: wrongest of moments where she was feeling i want to be appealing and attractive and turn someone on and then he's like having to in her Mm. mind turn to chemicals to make make that happen
2: if if they were having Mm. if robert needed that beforehand then it would have been it wouldn't have been an issue that wouldn't have been the issue then would it I, I couldn't agree with kerry moore here you know it, it's it's the juxtaposition of the two together but the one thing which i really got out of this was that i actually thought she was going to be scarred much more than she obviously is because they made a point oh. of saying that yes there's some scars but she's healed quite quite well and Hair i lost
4: on her neck it, they refer to you know it's it's on her neck she's got some hair loss but mm. um it's it's, it's obviously mm-hmm. not sort of you know uh sort of comprehensive disfigurement
2: well and, and that's what i thought that's the impression that i had after the fire in the kitchen uh and she was in hospital because i made a whole thing about how she's going to be utterly reduced and this was not a way to have her go into a eventual mm-hmm. dotage in the village that this is going to be Hideously disfigured and in effect disabled, but she's not that. You know, it hasn't been as severe as initially I thought, or at least I believe we were led to believe anyway.
4: Mm. Which is a yeah, good because, thing. Which is a good thing. Because because you would have to have people. I mean, even if it was. You know, you you the other characters would have to make some comment on it. It would be perfectly natural. It's like when you said Royfield about a black family moving next door. You would say it would be weird for them not to comment on it. And mm. if you know Chris has gone and seen Linda dropped off his four ton flower basket on the front lawn, leaving a kind of <laughs> like a, you know a giant crater, then you know he would be making a comment to Alice or making a comment to someone else. It would be you know it would be unusual for people not to comment if she was you know very badly disfigured.
3: Mm it's so sad though isn't it because you know both of them are having psychological problems aren't they yeah and, and that's yet, the, yeah yeah
4: and that was people. that was the tension wasn't it that the, the, we were talking about Kerry the the, the mm. fact that they're so close to sorting it all out all it would take mm. was one frank conversation I mean I do I do take the point about the the, the, the blue pills but I think that I think what I meant was was that Yes, it's completely plausible that she would be upset. Oh, he's, you know, he's he's had to use a pill. But the but her sort of saying I'll never he good job he's in the shed i might you know, he we might be done and I'll never talk to Lillian Bellamy again. I mean that was just it was a bit the pendulum swung too far, is I think what I was trying to say. I'm not but, I can imagine of course you'd be upset.
2: But I think your Carrie's uh, initial point I couldn't agree with more is that we it, it felt jarring to go from Bearing in mind that we've also had some level of conversation, but it went jarring to go from, right, so Robert set up, he's got his blue pills, and then Linda just going off on one. Her reaction, completely and utterly empathised with. Yeah. But we were robbed of the that moment, weren't we? It could have been very sensitively uh, done, to have that yeah. conversation of which then, you know, with the best will of, and of intentions, then gets misconstrued. And there I say, Robert's performance anxiety. He hinted at, well, he didn't hint at it, he said it, didn't he? For them to be a scene where he says, Lindy, Lindy. And with her just getting really upset would have been brilliant. And mm-hmm. it's actually what we needed. It's actually what we needed. But but this just felt so wrong. I actually thought, have I missed an episode? I had to look at my <laughs> podcast feed and say, yeah. well, wait a minute. I mean, there's only four episodes a week. I'm listening to all four. But surely there was a fifth here in between. Mm. And I didn't hear it. And I have, and seriously, I looked because I thought, yeah. this is odd. I had the same experience,
4: not not literally, but sort of where I was kind of like, oh, and then it kind of the the end of the four episodes came up, and I was like, oh, that's that's just happened, has it?
3: Yeah, because mm. L- Linda sort of described it in two or three sentences, really, didn't she? The mm. whole thing, which was like, oh no, what what's happened? He spoke; they've spoken behind my back. That that she hated um, the fact that he sort of uh, ducked out of the room, uh, and she wondered why, and then caught what he was up to. Um, And then he was in the shepherd's hut and she was never speaking to either of them again, basically. Really Mm. sort of terrible...
4: Lillian who had already become an intimate um, confidant and part of their life. She'd already been there for Robert in a way that no one else had. I can understand the hurts. I can understand why she'd be angry, but the 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 the, the size of the reaction was just um, implausible, especially for someone like Linda, who is who is many things, but she's you know she's she's many wonderful things, and one of one of which is rational. She's a very mm. rational woman, and no, yes, Pete, she can be quite.
2: Nah, no, mate. Listen, she she's all of those things. She nearly lost her life. She's struggling with a level of disfigurement, doesn't matter how severe or not that I think that it is. And she's worried that she's never going to be the same that she was again. And part of her healing process is that her husband still finds her attractive. I completely understand her reaction. My, my problem with the whole thing is the way that it was constructed in the writer's room. That, that's mm. what I struggle with. Or the I can,
3: editing, or something. I think yeah, something might I arrive.
2: completely understand the reason why she would lose it. Do you, do you know the other, you know last thing I'll say about this is that they're in their seventies, late sixties, yeah. seventies. There is utterly no way. Well, first off, Robert, let, let's call
3: seventy-seven. Yeah,
2: let's call yeah. this as it is, right? If you're a man of seventy-seven and you don't need Viagra ever, wow. Well, well done, Robert Snell. Right, and he's don't... a man, not a mouse. That was very there. You, there you go, clearly stated. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's that. Then number two, what seventy-seven-year-old doesn't pop two or three pills anyway for some little ailment here, a little ailment there? For Linda to walk in and see her husband, who is almost eighty, pop a pill. You know, it it shouldn't be a surprise anyway, because most healthy 70-year-olds pop a pill for this, pop a pill for that, blah, blah, Mm. blah.
3: Maybe that's why they call it magic time, (laughs) because he doesn't need any pills.
4: (laughs) And, yeah, and... He's, I did. I thought that uh, Robert Snell would be kind of look a bit like me, sort of soft around the edges, with sort of mousy hair and a kind of you know rather sort of average human you know, being. You Freddy thought he Flintoff. looked like Freddie Flintoff, but before he gave up drinking, the sort of bloated Freddie Flintoff, yes. Um, no. But no, no, he's a he's a he's a Tom Selica like. He's this kind of dark, brooding, athletic creature that, uh, that who's, who's Linda's the time.
2: Hawaiian shirt and a, and a the top. Hawaiian
4: shirt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. but that's linda's type and um yeah it It is linda's
3: type i don't know if robert fits that bill he certainly doesn't in my mind when i hear him (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm. no no i I never had tom sallis was about as far from what i
2: imagined as possible
1: (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) Mm. uh we we really should uh move on to to emails um auntie kerry Warburton. so at this point i'll say auntie kerry Warburton, are there any emails
3: there is a giant email so this is exciting we uh needed people to write in and one of them did (laughs) (laughs) uh and it's quite a big one let me find it uh sorry i did think there was another call and i was wrong about that so it's caught me unawares here we go right this is from steve he is a first time emailer in his archer's credentials. He's Steve from Street in Somerset, uh, which is near Glastonbury. He's a marketing manager for a local well known Outlet shopping centre, which I like because not many people do say what they're doing. Uh, he's been listening to The Archers since around ninety three. The big story was the robbery at the shop. So he's Ooh, yes. he's a pip by Vorrobin
2: uh, when he stuck up the shop.
3: He did. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the year that Pip was born. Um, He's been listening to our great podcast for just over 18 months. He's always listened to the archers at an omnibus uh, level. Uh, He likes listening on long car drives, dog walks and so on. Um, And it's made the whole week stories much more engaging to listen to them in one go. Um, it's the way that he's continued to listen to the monologues and dialogues, and they certainly work better that way, as many others have said. Um, a couple of, He's got a couple of plot predictions. I always like these. Um, he thinks Alice is going to spiral downwards in her condition until a major incident, like a drunk hit and run, or she's just stopped for drunk driving. Um he says, if the scriptwriters want to make this a major storyline, perhaps she's going to hit someone like Kathy, which would be a way to get rid of a long-term <laughs> silent <laughs> character. Maybe she, maybe, maybe she could plough into all the silence who've gathered around some sort of bus shelter. Or, something. <laughs> um, or perhaps one of the Grundies, knowing their run of bad luck, he says. Um, it will resurrect the Aldridge-Grundy feud that has been dormant since the eviction. If I had my choice, it would be no Kasher. Who would you, Kerry and Peter, uh, want to see out of the show? Oh. Who do we want to have run over by a drunken <laughs> Alice?
4: There's a car touching competition. Susan's trying to get more ratings for her show um, <laughs> or maybe, uh, and you know, you've got the ta- no Kasher, uh, Russ, um, Helen, Pat, <laughs> Tony, um, who else? Um, some of the children, just in case they turn into wrongins, all touching the car. <laughs> along, <laughs> along comes Alice, eating toast to try and get rid of her. She's obsessed with toast. Sorry, slight sideline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so why beautiful. did you call
3: toast and marmalade old school?
4: Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that, yeah. But anyway, that would do it. Tar- car touching competition. In she comes, ploughs through the side of the shopping centre, and takes <laughs> them all out.
1: But nice. Russ
3: first. Okay, cool. He he reckoned we'd all say Adam. By the way. Uh, (laughs) uh, He also says he'd really like the story to continue longer term for Philip and Kirsty, where we know the truth, but the residents of Ambridge don't.
4: Thank you. That's what I've been asking for.
3: mm, It would make an intriguing twist in the storyline where the likes of perhaps Roy, Joy and Linda begin to uncover the truth bit by bit and the dilemma they have as individuals or even as a trio as to whether and how they tell
4: Kirsty, Also, um, Big Roy, you know, um, who he's always sort of, he's always gotten, he's quite sort of strident, isn't he? But I, I sense that he's a bit of a coward when it comes down to it. I'd like to see mm-hmm. him confront Philip and then Philip basically to turn on him and basically, you know, it's like you have no idea what you've got yourself into. Uh, you want to shut up. Um, this is what mm. I'm going to do to you. This is what I'm going to do to your family. Um, if you say a single thing, that would be an interesting um, plot line to have go- have going yeah. on to one side.
3: It would. Uh, he finishes with "Keep up the good work," and the show with Sunny was brilliant. There was great humour and warmth throughout. Fabulous yeah, it was, listening!
4: It was too good. I did. I oh. enjoyed. I enjoyed and didn't enjoy listening to it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter! <laughs> How we could they? Them. I was
4: thinking. <laughs> No, she was amazing she was great and and I know I know this is a completely redundant and stupid thing to say but I'm gonna say it anyway obviously we know that actors are acting but it's always great to be reminded of that just what a good job she's doing when you especially when you heard Mm. her being Lillian this week and being so so sort of um I'm not saying that she's not kind but you know like acting so kind and acting so sort of involved and in touch
3: yeah
2: is that the end of the, the emails there, Aunt Kerry
3: yes, Warburton? That was, that was lovely, Steve. Thank
2: you very much. Thank you, Steve. Let uh, me just
4: return to the toast very quickly. Um, <laughs> I, I'd really hope they stop trying this. But, you know, can she have a proper hangover cure? Can they just at least get that right? That when, when you've when got a stinking hangover, you don't just need a slice of toast and then you bounce no. out of bed. You need grease. You need sugar.
3: Full English with a Coca-Cola.
4: Exactly. Um, cheeky double sausage and egg muffin without the egg.
2: <laughs> right. And on that note, uh, uh, we're going to break, folks. We're going to have a little bit of a break. Uh, We're going to pay some bills around here. And uh, we're going to come back the other side with Elsa, who's our new social media rounder opera person.
6: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible,
1: budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
7: hi everyone it's Elsa here with this week's social media roundup this is my first week but I'm really looking forward to getting to grips with being part of the Dum to Dum family and if you want to know a bit more about me there's some info on the website let's start off with Linda and Robert's predicament some of you love the raunchy storyline Claire said I absolutely loved it it's the first time I've properly enjoyed The Archers for so long. However, Keith is bored. We still don't know if Ed is being kept on, which interests me more than if Linda gets her orgasm. I wonder, Keith, if you are similarly disinterested in whether the real women in your life get their orgasms. And it seemed a few of you enjoyed Pete's impression of Adam last week. Theresa was laughing like a madwoman whilst out walking listening to Dumpty Dum last week, as did Melly and Paula. We have seen a variety of opinions about Alice this week. Jan said, Alice's behaviour towards Ed was terrible, and then to see Ed to be so generous with her in his thoughts. What a guy. However, Hilary from Ambridge Addicts said, Alice has an illness. It doesn't matter how many people know until she realises it herself. Whatever you think of Alice, if you think her behaviour is deplorable, or if you're more sympathetic to a woman going through addiction... I think we can all agree that Holly Chapman is doing an amazing job in portraying such a complex storyline. Plot prediction time. Keith thinks Ed will tell Susan about Alice's drinking. That will certainly get the news out fast. Whereas Lillian thinks he should confide in Clary, which Andy agrees with. He said she can keep her mouth shut when she needs to, and her judgement on anything except Will is generally pretty sound. And finally... Following on from Linda's sex life storyline, I asked you all what difficult storyline you might like to hear from the Archer scriptwriters and I had some great answers. Lillian said, I would love them to write in a blind or disabled character and explore the rest of the villagers' attitudes and preconceptions about that character. There were replies for some fleeting characters, Jazz's possible brain damage, Brian's epilepsy and someone back in the 1970s. However, with 16% of working age adults and 45% of adults over the state pension age in the UK having a long-term illness, impairment or disability, it feels like it's about time for another in Ambridge. Breastfeeding and cloth nappies were mentioned by Gail, with Claire adding that Fallon might try to parent in an eco-friendly way. And if the gossip is to be believed, we might not have to wait too much longer to see if that plays out. So that's it from me this week. I've been ignoring my four year old for long enough. So I better go and check if the front room is on fire.
2: See you soon. Elsa, Elsa, Elsa. Uh, Thank you for that. And it came in just under the wire. Um, You were were making me sweat, Elsa. It was like two o'clock today and I went, oh, God, where, where is it? And it came in at just about one minute to two. So well done, missus. Uh, you've, you've popped your cherry. Uh, you is part of the gang and uh, that's a social media roundup and we'll see and well see, we'll hear you again in approximately five minutes week's time um right now uh, just before we go on to uh, tweets of the week and um i believe um mr mr pete haven't you done them this week
4: no i threw in the towel i had to i had to reach out to kerry and say i just because the thing is i don't have i don't have uh, uh, kerry has a Peter, bit of always an excuse
3: i've got them i've got there's them but always
2: well,
3: pete, an excuse we, got, we had negotiated. an enormously busy busy week weekend he, he it it was hard for him to do this, so I've done it. But you've got to laugh. Okay. So. Thank
2: you, Kerry. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'm laughing now. Um, just a big, a big shout um... out to the social media team who are doing uh, great works over there. And are somewhat just trying to find their way around dealing with with people's uh, notes and queries. And I did speak to Lillian, Sue and Sandra yesterday. And there was a a, somebody did post and it it was a legitimate question. You know, why are the social media team including other forums? A few people said they actually like it just being. Uh, that they just talk about dum-de-dum. And this is basically, it's my fault, folks. I've specifically said to them, uh, let's go and mention other bits of the internet where Archer's fandom is kind of like big. And it's because, yes... Fundamentally, we are a cosy community here at Dum Dum, but we should really include some of the other. I think, anyway, some of the great comments, jokes, wheezes, uh, insights uh, which other forums have on the archers and stuff. You know, we don't claim to be the only. Uh, set of, of Archers fans and stuff on, on the interweb. So that's the reason why the team have been mentioned in other forums. So if you don't like it, blame me. Don't have a go at them. They're only doing what, what I, basically what I told them to do. Andrew Kerry Warburton, over to you. Tweets of the week. These are going to be smashing. I'm ready to <laughs> laugh.
3: OK, so <laughs> this is Neil Wallington, who's at Dr Wallington. And he said, to be fair, Alice's ringtone would drive me to drink. Now it you might was not be able to bad. remember it. Yes, it was. It was like a xylophone <laughs> thing. It it? Was. Like, yes. Brrr. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. I like this from John Porter, who is at Pie and a Pint. He said, "Blimey, the sound effects chap is working overtime today. Hard to achieve that sound of a blacksmith's anvil with just two halves of coconut." <laughs> 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 um uh, then there was oh I like this one it's a bit rude is that okay mm-hmm. um, this is uh, two people tweeting each other let love win Esquire they tweeted Robert get a grip man and furnace girl glide, <laughs> preferably on Linda's tits
5: <laughs> oh
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> which I rather liked um <laughs> and tweet of the week that could have been tweet of the week anyway this is tweet of the week this is from at cuts rich which is rich cuts i've used him before but hey um he's he made a joke basically he said there was a theft of viagra pills in manchester the other day the police are on the lookout for a gang of hardened criminals
2: (laughs) well done well, I'm just
4: done. curious what um, Farmyard Noise Royfield's going to use to bleep out your um, uh, sweary merriness.
3: Tits are fine. What
4: well, specifically and generally? Yes, but yes, exactly. A, you know, Royfield, I mean, are you going to? Is that going to be? Is it going to be a? a I'm sort not of a the quack centre quack in noise?
2: chief. No, no. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to okay. let that go. Yeah. I think we're all grown up enough. Yeah. And also, if you, someone's got this far into the podcast, you know, I they deserve. A, hard they hard.
4: deserve they deserve a tit. Okay. Yeah, they. Do,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> we all deserve tits.
2: I think. <laughs> Dumdum folks. Go there. It's got a whole smorgasbord of things you can do. You can uh, go and comment on uh, past shows. You can read uh, Cosmos podcast roundups. Oh, yes, you can you can look at Mike Hatton and his character counts and I've given up trying to get him on the show because he obviously is not mm-hmm. at all interested however he listens to every podcast he messages and he posts on the on the message board and he contributes to to the whole world the whole kit and caboodle that is dumbed dum-de-dum. so Mike Hatton I salute you, though you are the dum-de-dum silent. So you can do that. You can also go on to uh, our shop, our store, and get yourself a mug, a T-shirt, or whatever. Um, When I've got some time, this will happen approximately two months before Christmas, I'm going to take everything down in the store and then redo it again in time for Christmas. So um, if you're thinking to yourself now, because I know a lot of people are dusty substances. You're one of them. I saw on a thread somewhere, that you're doing your Christmas list. And somebody said, Dusty, it's still August. And she says, I'm organized. So there's a lot of you dumdy-dums out there. You're pretty organized people. All right. So don't think that you can't include a dummy-dum present on your Christmas list for a loved one. A nice little mug that says, I'm part of the Peter Ficklin fan club. Or <laughs> I like to um, I like to get close to Auntie Kerry Warburton. Maybe that could be put on a t-shirt. <laughs> All these and more will be on our new store. So uh, so don't think that um, we won't be looking at you uh, to help put a little bit of shekel in our coffers by you going on to the com forward slash shop uh, store to go and get yourself some goodies. So so that's that, com. Now, mm-hmm. one way which you can really utterly help this podcast is by going on to apple itunes and writing a review now if you think we we're terrible we shite um well be gentle maybe say it in a constructive way so i can read that uh review and go i can learn from that this is what they've said peter maybe needs to talk less uh, or like um all right, so Peter's obviously gone. There's no no reply from Peter. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm just doing as I'm told.
3: Someone has just told me Peter spoke more. To be
4: honest. Oh, oh okay. Oh, and, well, I, you know, I mean, that's that's disappointing, but I, I can I can live with that. I've heard that feedback from other on other forums.
2: You've heard nothing of the sort, sir. Stop it. If you want to put the booted, that's all good, but be positive with it. No constructive that's the word be constructive with it and if you just like the podcast say you like the podcast and that'd be awesome but go to apple itunes write a review because the thing is about reviews it means that more people get to hear about us because we go back up those podcast charts and we did get all the way to number three once and that was awesome and we'd like to go back up there again so write a review another way which you can help and support this podcast is by going on to patreon.com. And I know quite a few of you have done that, and that is most awesome. Uh, basically, for two dollars per show, uh, you are somebody who, you know what, on cold wintry nights, Peter, Kerry, and I dream of just cuddling up to you and thanking you for being uh, going that extra mile from being um, you know, not only a fan of Dum Dum, but somebody who contributes. So if you want a special cuddle from Peter or from Kerry, go on to (laughs) patreon.com, $2 per show, and uh, you never know. You might get that special cuddle. Another way of which you can also um, show your fervent ultra-like behaviour in terms of your fanaticism for Dumpty dum is by going on to Twitter and uh, putting the international sign of bunting next to your name. Some people call it the flag of of the country of Nepal, a proud country which has a, a history going back, eons and whatever but I like to see it as a, the international sign for bunting which means you're a dumdy dumber and eventually one day I will think of a really good reason why if you do that uh, good things will happen to you but right here and now it'll just give you a, a lovely warm fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. and the lovely thing is about it as well when you then go on the internet and you're talking about the archers and you see that somebody's got the sign the international sign of bunting next to the name you go ah oh, they're one of us so, if you just want that spec, it's like being like part of the. Who do the people give those funny, funny handshakes and stuff? The Masons. There you go. I was going to say <laughs> the Mormons, but it's the Masons, right? <laughs> if you, it's basically it's like being a Mason, being having the inside track. You know, just like tapping the side of your nose. That a
4: sales note. pitch went off a
2: cliff. Oh, no. oh, God.
4: <laughs> Be like a Mason.
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, when's the last time you wrapped up the show? You excite and exalted the the listeners to basically do stuff. It's a hard job. And you know what? I've done it 340 odd times, sir. (laughs) The size
4: of the cliff, the size of the cliff that you fell off showed how high you climbed before that's, that's the
2: point. <laughs> Fair dues. I, I'll take that. I'll take that.
3: <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I have to say, but anyway.
2: <laughs> well, all right. Instead of the masons, it's like going to one of those special... Um, West End kind of like clubs where only the rich and the famous go, you know, like Soho House or, you know, the Groucho, where, you know, you walk down a street, you don't even notice the door until you see Idris Elba walk out of you. And you say, I've walked down this street for years. I didn't even know there was a door there. And all of a sudden you just see Madonna just like exit or (laughs) enter a door. That's what having the international sign for bunting next to your name us, it means that you are one of the elite not one of the hoi polloi one of the elite you are someone who's super cool is that a little bit better peter yes much better thank you smashing <laughs> right <laughs> auntie kerry warburton uh yeah. would you like to do the next bit
3: I will. Uh, Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message or send a text message starting with dumb to 077
2: 862 00690. Mm. Um, All right. I I don't know. I really should hand this bit of the show over to Peter, really, I reckon. But I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give this an, another go, right? But that Peter, from next week, maybe you can do this bit. Because I know you, you like Twitter, don't you?
4: <laughs> uh, y- yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so in love with Twitter. I think it's a necessary evil. But, like, I think you get real enjoyment from it, as does Auntie Kerry Warburton. I? Hmm.
4: Yeah, but Kerry's, Kerry's good at it that's why I hesitated.
3: Mm. Oh, I don't know about
2: that. Oh you are.
4: Yeah. You you um you are funny on a variety of topics and also <laughs> um uh, consistent. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's you know everyone everyone can come up with a you know a tweet that sort of gets you know gets you a few hundred likes but you know you're getting them with metronomic frequency. A few
2: hundred. <laughs> When's the last time you did a tweet that had a few hundred likes Peter? Um I don't know. Um a you
4: know, few I, hundred, a few hundred. I've had, yeah, I've had one or two of them. Really? I mean, that's not that's not that amazing,
2: is it? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I I struggle to get past twenty myself, which shows really? you how poor I am on Twitter. It's the reason why I don't like it. This
4: is this is how you get a, a tweet with a few hundred likes, Royfield. You at Kerry, and then
2: she
3: <laughs> she retweets it, and then you get a few
1: hundred
2: likes.
3: <laughs> ah. I don't know. It depends on the quality.
2: <laughs> mm. I'll, I'll give that a whirl at uh, some point next week. <laughs> well, folks, Twitter—it's—it uh, is the platform which uh, put together the essential elements, which then became known as the—the uh, the compound that is a uh, dum is dum. So it's a bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of snark, but you know, wrapped up in fun, all mm. around love of the archers a thing which we similarly love but sometimes it doesn't frustrate the hell out of us those are <laughs> the elements on twitter which then came together to create dum dum the podcast and if you'd like to follow us uh on twitter you can follow us where we are at dum dum now auntie kerry warburton um yes. how can people follow you on twitter
3: i'm not at kerry warburton I'm at Kerry Warbis. K u r i w a r
2: b i s. Super dad, Fickling. Um, how can people follow you on Twitter? It's
4: at Pete Fickling.
2: Oh, smashing! Um, somebody did say. I think it was Drew from Hamilton on um, on the Flick app. Big up to the Flick app posse. He, he did actually say, uh, Royfield. Um, you keep on calling Kerry Kerry Warburton. I think you're making a mistake on the podcast. And I had to say, mm, no, nah, I think it was Jack. Oh. I think <laughs> this is like oh, I was sorry.
3: called I was called loads of different things, wasn't I? All, all of them lovely of but
2: just incorrect. You know. yeah that's fine <laughs> but i i, I kind of quite like it i so, so yeah to me she's auntie kerry warburton uh mm-hmm. so uh and then if you want oh there's no point following me so let's move on from that uh so and uh, then there's facebook and yes uh you will know that i do um rail against facebook um because i do think that it is one of the most evil things invented in the 21st century and um if you want. Russian interference in our democracies. If you want the end of uh, civil discourse, uh, if you want um, you want to give oxygen to extremists, uh, Facebook Nick is Clegg. the place to go. <laughs> yeah, he's so batting for the wrong side. That's that's twice now, really. That yeah. that that man. But anyway, moving swiftly on, um, Facebook has got a lot to answer for. But a lot of people get comfort and sucker from putting up images of their loved ones and also it does bring people together. Old school friends get reunited via Facebook. Old lovers even. Uh, you know, so it does your old Nan, you know, who you haven't you you haven't seen uh, because of the pandemic, you contact her through Facebook. So I'm not ragging on it completely. One of the lovely bits of Facebook is Dumdy Dum. You can go onto there, type in Dumdy Dum, and you can be part of some 500 people who have migrated over from the old page to the new group the new group is awesome the admins are doing a wonderful job go and spread light and love throughout the world by going on to dum dum on Facebook there's no extremist chat there's nobody dog whistling about misogyny or racism it's just all nice stuff around the archers go on to dum dum on Facebook of course, there is the Flick app. If you want dumdy dum in your pocket, hang out with some pals. What you do is you go onto your um smartphone app store of choice, and uh, you type in Flick. You get the app, you download it. Don't be bamboozled if it basically says it's a sport app or sports app. If you're American, it's us. Just download that when you get it. Type in dumdy dum bish bosh bang. A whole new world opens up to you where Melly's on there and a whole lovely set of characters who uh, whitter away to each other all day, every day about stuff. I quite like stuff. Do you like stuff, Kerry?
3: I do. I really like stuff, especially molten barley, which has accidentally been mixed with wheat, Um, (laughs) which is then sold for successfully for pig feed but for a lesser mm. amount of money than could have been gleaned
2: mm. so if you want to be like leslie 000 <laughs> s or let me see who else um uh, red agnes red agnes is on there everybody loves a bit of red agnes or mm-hmm. caroline p who is um now in australia get yourself onto the flick app and maybe you can join a poll you can um <clears throat> post a picture of where you are or do something else on there everyone's welcome as long as you're a dummy dummer now um it calls upon me to uh, wrap up this podcast and i'm going to do it um in um like this peter yeah. you are somebody who um i love a lot i said as, as such on um on whatsapp the other day didn't i i said peter i love you do yeah, you remember? Very,
4: yes, I do. It's very nice.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say it again. Peter. Yes. I love you, Peter.
4: I love you too, Royfield.
2: Kerry. Yes. I've never said this to you before, Oh. but I love you too.
3: Oh, my God. This is nice.
2: I know the pair of you don't really want me in your gang, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I still love you regardless. Thank well, I you. love you,
3: Royfield, and I love you, Peter.
2: Thank you both for being part of Dumby dum this week. I know, <laughs> Kerry, you've got somewhere to go.
3: I have my taxi approaches right now. I'm going off to book club.
2: Smashing. You enjoy book club. Peter, mm. enjoy the little one. Enjoy family life. Um, the little one won't be little forever. So save it every moment.
4: I am trying to and actually I, I have to say one of the one of the pleasures of Dumpty Dum is getting sort of some um sage parenting advice from two more experienced folk. Mm. Mm. That's you two, by the way.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who Thank are they? <laughs> 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 okay folks, that's been us um, This has been Dumpty Dum it's, It ended in it ended up by being a loving It didn't really it start out uh, start out that way I got a kick in at the, the start of the show But you know, I let it wash over me I'm thick skinned, <laughs> I'm resilient I'll be back here Seven days time for another Dumpty Dum
3: Bye folks, my taxi's awesome. here <laughs> 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 Bye
2: bye Y'all
0: sitting up here comfortable Must feel good It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us. But their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those?
6: Vibranium. Your weapons. Our weapons will not be used to wage
2: war on the world. It is not our way to be judge, jury and executioner for people who are not our own. Not your own. But didn't
0: life start right here on this continent? So in all people your people? I am not king of all people.
6: I am king of Wakanda. And it is my responsibility to make sure our people are safe and that vibranium does not fall into the hands
2: of a person like you.
1: forever.